Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host, of course, Christine Blasdale, and I'm super, super happy that you joined in today because I have a wonderful guest with me. Uh, She was born in Sydney, Australia. That's right, down under. Uh, Jackie Loeb is uh, an incredible comedian. She is uh, a regular on the iconic sketch comedy series Full Frontal. She's worked all over the world as a stand-up comedian and is now based in Los Angeles. Welcome to Los Angeles, Jackie. Very happy about that. And, And I have her on the show today because it's my show and I can do whatever the hell I want to. And I love, I follow you on Facebook. I love the bits that you do. You're just so damn funny. And I was like, I wanted you to be on Out of the Box. So I welcome. Tend, I tend to agree with you there. <laughs> I wish I sounded more like you, Christine, and not so much like I was born in Sydney and like this. Oh, I love it when you talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> do you say dinner? Dinner. 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 What else There's do we dinner say? dinner and dinner. Doona is what you would call, of course, Americans have to make everything emotional, a comforter. It can't just be called a doona, a quilt. It's got to be a comforter. We go to bed. We want to be comforted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so there's Dina in dinner. Dinner. My wife says, are you ready for some dinner? Well, it's better than old world Australian would be. Come and get your tea, love. Come on inside. And you'd be talking to your husband too. Come on, love. Come inside. That's enough. Time for tea. But there's something so beautiful about... (laughs) I love your accent. I love all Australians' accents. I just think I it's, like it, except for when I hear it. Like when we're doing something like this, and so I'll you're go, not going to listen to the show. No, I'll go home and listen to it five thousand times and pick pick my accent apart and think, oh my god, I sound hideous. And because I think I think I sound transatlantic. I think that you can't actually tell where I'm from. And then I get home and I listen to you, and I sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what brings? Well, I, I'm, I'm guessing that what brings you to Los Angeles is some opportunity. Opportunities to do your comedy. Oh, I came here actually for the lack of opportunities and just to sit in my room, which I do a lot of. But um, it's funny when you we were rattling off all my credits, I'm thinking, did I actually do all of that? Yes, you did. I did. Because sometimes I think, what part did I embellish? But I actually did all of that. Um, I came here for the dream. The, the, go, the thing with Australians... We have, I don't know why we're not content where we are, why we just can't be satisfied where we are, because you've been to Australia. It's a beautiful place. There's work there. It's it's a divine place, a lot of nature, reasonably nice people. We're not as nice. I think there's a preconception that we're really nice. We're not. Um, <laughs> we select people that we like to be nice to. Right. And so why can't we be, 
10 years ago or 20 years ago, the thing was always to go to the UK. If you wanted to further your career, you go to the UK. And I've told this story a few times. Why not tell it again? I was doing a gig with another comedian friend and she was like, I was thinking, oh, I'm getting a little bit bored of Sydney because I grew up in Sydney and spent my whole life in Sydney. She said, I'm thinking, maybe I'll go to Melbourne because Melbourne's got a big comedy scene over there too. And she said, no, why don't you go to L.A.? And literally the next day I was on the phone to an immigration lawyer to come in L.A. It's like that she woke something up that was dormant in my brain. And so not of a lot of us, a lot of Australians were coming here, I guess, for, for the acting thing, but not so much for the comedy scene. And boy, was it a big shock when I got here because I was used to working and a lot yes. and being paid and being kind of spoiled. Not that I'm, I'm not a superstar in Australia. I'm, I'm a working comic, you know, just yes. working. Brad and, that's my gig, you know. Whereas here, it's very, very different. One, it's hard to get stage time, even just unpaid stage time. Getting on at the clubs is really hard. I mean, I'm still, I've been here for eight years and I'm still this morning, like, editing showreels to send to bookers or, you know, trying to get onto cruise ships or trying to get corporate gigs or just, you know, it's it's like every day I'm at home working full time to get work. But that that is that is the beast that is L.A. Yes. And then, so, when, and then it, when you hit it big in L.A., then you hit it big. Oh, my God. I'm never editing a showreel ever again. <laughs> never, never sending an email ever again. That's why I think, when did Julia Roberts, does she have to do this? Like, no, she has people to do that. Does she have a vision board? Is she still looking up jobs on Actors Access every day? Well, you've got, I mean, you've got wonderful reviews. You've got uh, from L.A. Weekly, Must See, uh, Nonstop Funny, says The Examiner. And I really love the Sydney Morning Herald, which uh, <laughs> when I saw this, one of the top five comics. And I'm, and I'm going, who are the other who's I don't other, know other the other ones. I don't know who compiled that list. I don't know who they surveyed. <laughs> but but uh, so you've been here eight years. Eight years, yeah. And yeah. you go back and forth, right? And back and forth and back and forth. It's a well, long flight, I'll tell you. It's a hideously long flight. It's a disgusting flight. There's absolutely nothing glamorous about flying long haul. And, you know, the reason I go back is because I have my family and my friends and I miss them dreadfully. And then also to work, so you kind of got this strange system. I don't know how much, how many more years I can kind of sustain this, but I go home, earn money, so I can pay my rent here and live here. It doesn't make any sense. And people are like, if you're getting work in Australia, why don't you just stay in Australia? It's like, no, there's, I, I'm so drawn to LA. Your I heart can't, is here. My too. heart, it's not my home. It's starting to feel more like my home, but um, it's like it's this dreadful delusion of fame and fortune that I can't kind of <laughs> can't get shake rid it of. off. Yeah, can't shake it off. It's terrible. It's, a, it's an affliction. That's what it is. Well, and see, and with uh, with me, my, my wife is in Australia. And so uh, I go back and forth mm. as well. And right now, because we're, you know, in between waiting for the Australian government to give me the nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. Um, uh, the thing is, is that it might for me it might be like the opposite about being there and and being able to work and mm -hmm. find work whereas mm -hmm. here I know I have that so yes. it might have to be the same thing where you know I live there and then come back here to uh to to work and make my meat and potatoes so but to there's say. a smaller pool in Australia so I'm and, gonna be a rock star well, in Australia is, yeah yeah totally well the problem is that everyone here is in the creative field so it's like there's no novelty there's no novelty factor in being Australian for I'm not I sound like I'm having we don't you don't say whinge here. 
Oh, oh, you say you, well, you know what no, whinge is. I know what whinge is. Whinge is having like a venting and yeah, complaining. But go ahead. You, nobody's I'm listening. Not, I mean, I'm very grateful <laughs> for being here, but like it's it's like everyone's and there's no novelty factor in really being Australian anymore. In fact, I think people are starting to hate us now because we take people's jobs. But um, uh, everyone's it, there's a larger pool and everyone's so incredibly talented. Like I watch a show. Like I know what the audition process is like. You know, I'm a comic, but I'm also kind of pursuing the the acting thing and it's such a process like you know you could do a self-tape and then you if you're lucky enough you get called in and then you get called in again and then you've got to be approved by so you, you my point is I think I've got a point is you're watching TV there's no one bad like okay. you the competition the, the the bar is so high because everyone's wants is so hungry everyone's so wants yes. to be successful so it's not like you're competing against people like not not saying that Australians are apathetic, but like, oh, whatever. I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going to that interview. Oh, who gives a shit? Uh, it's like people are like, no, let's do this. I, I got this. You, let's go. Come on. Well, you tapped into something that's very different about And, and we're going to talk because I love the idea of talking about Australia, not uh, not versus, not Australia Cultural versus. Cultural differences. But the differences. Yeah. And um, uh, one thing that I've n- noticed uh, on my many times to Australia is that when you go to a restaurant and you want something and you're, let's say it's a pizza or something and you go, oh, God, I, I can't I don't like onions on my pizza. So, you, you know, I'll say, uh, you know, can we do that without the onions? And they look at you like you like you want to murder their child or something. Right. They're, they're like, uh, they don't get tips. No, because we have a decent living wage. That's so, why. So. We're not- yeah, so there's so you have you do you have a great starting wage. It's like twenty bucks an hour. Or but something. also the cost of living is more. So, but when I okay, so you're not getting the customer service though you're getting here because people don't have to be sucky in Australia because they don't give a shit whether you're happy or not because they're getting their twenty dollars an hour and they don't get at the end of the day they're going home and they don't have to worry about tips. Whereas here, there you have there's more there's politeness, there's interaction, there's making yeah. sure you're happy. If you want to have not have onions, it's like. No problem. There's no problem. Whereas in Australia, it's like, oh, you stupid wanker. You stupid American gay back to it. You know, like there's a bit of attitude. But I, I think we, I think customer service is getting a lot better in Australia because I guess, um, yeah, there's there's so many ca- – you probably found there's so many cafes everywhere. Yes. In, well, in Sydney anyway, where I'm from. Yes, so there there's is. a lot more competition, so people have to kind of be polite well, and, and, and smile. And Sydney is, again, um, because Sydney is also a little bit more metropolitan. They've got uh, a lot of different cultures yeah. uh, in, in, in that city. It's a, it's a wonderful city as far as the, the you know art and food mm. and all things kind of things to do. What would, your, what would you say your biggest um, – perhaps misconception about America or Americans. And now we're talking different because obviously you're in Los Angeles. So let's, you know, we can, we can narrow the scope down, but maybe something that you thought um, about us. And then when you got here, you were either surprised or. Yeah, I think, you know, just through, I guess, mostly the media. And remember, I've been here for eight years. So things have really changed and the industry has changed a lot. I guess I had this preconception. It would be very plastic and very kind of backstabby and but it's not I have not I've found people to be incredibly encouraging and nurturing and I feel that it's a open playing field for everyone whereas in Sydney I find well in Australia it can have a tendency particularly in this industry to be a bit clicky but I find here everyone's given an opportunity and I think that's what keeps me here is that you get a look in like I had an audition where I lost that I was pinned to do the job and then and then what's her name 
Laura Linney or someone got the job, and it's like, okay, <laughs> so Laura Linney. But, but the thing is, I'm being I'm being considered for these jobs, whereas in Australia, we'd never have that opportunity, you know. Correct. So, I think it's for all its well, LA. Uh, that was a big misconception and that I thought it would be very backstabby, but I find other actors, other comics are always telling me about other comedy nights and do you know about this and do you know about that? And so I was actually quite surprised. And um, I remember my first show, there was a young American girl, I'll never forget this, it was my first gig and this young American girl came up to me and gave me a hug and just told me, was just so supportive and I actually started crying, but talking about Americans being emotional. But it's just, it's just, I felt, appreciated. Yeah, I think sometimes I feel a li- little bit take it for granted in Australia with my work. I don't know why. Maybe this is just my own insecurities and paranoia. But um I feel kind of valued here. Like when I get up and do a 5 minute, 10 minute spot, I feel people they get it and they appreciate me and they like me, which is nice. It's nice to be liked. It's wonderful to be liked. Yeah. And what what would you say what are the things that you really love about uh, about America and Los Angeles in particular. But what are some things that you really love about being here? One, definitely the opportunities and it being an open playing field and being considered for things that I wouldn't get to do at home. What else? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> now I've hit a roadblock now. What else? Uh, the gasoline is a lot cheaper. The petrol? The organic food. Not that I'm such a... Um, uh, aficionado of organic food. I eat a lot of junk food, but it seems to be very accessible, affordable. Affordable, Food is cheaper. Like I'm at the grocery store every day, like (laughs) something to do in between jobs. Um, Food is great, affordable. When I first moved here, the rent was great. I was like, oh my goodness, we can get a two bedroom uh, apartment that's modern with a swimming pool for like $1,200 a month. That's now gone out the window. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, rent the things, gone Yeah, yeah, it's gotten ridiculous. But that was certainly, wow, this is great because Sydney is incredibly expensive. It's one of the most expensive you cities to live, You would be paying that a, a week in Sydney, $1,200 for wow. a two-bedroom apartment in a decent area. Yeah, maybe I've exaggerated for dramatic effect, but close to it yeah. anyway. Yeah. What else do I really like about it? Um Food, rent, uh, opportunities, people, people are, are really nice. I like the people. They're very polite. And yet, uh, uh, I'll never forget, I was living in Hollywood for six years and I saw a group of guys and they were, had their baseball caps around the wrong way and I thought, uh-oh, they're, gonna, they're thugs, they're going to get me. And then I listened to their conversation they were talking about like uh, uh, literature and they were saying, did you know such and such was actually feminist? You know, if you reread his books, <laughs> oh, it's got this feminist <laughs> perspective. And it's like, okay. Yeah. If you could, you're the men. Not that I'm, like, all that interested in men. But you can have a conversation with them. I find Australian men, this is a terrible, terrible, gross generalisation. But I find American men a lot easier to talk to. They're polite. Really? They're gentlemanlike. They'll open the door for you. I'm all for equality except for when it comes to opening doors. They can open the door for me. But and I feel like there's not an agenda. Like it's not that they want to pick me up or anything like that. Maybe they do. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I feel like in my heart that they don't really want to. Whereas I feel sometimes with Australian men, they can be a bit yobbo, you know the word yobbo, a bit blokey, no. bit blokey. Blokey? A bloke, yobbo, yeah. like, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, another product like that. Uh, not, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. Like a big gorilla? 
not not the physicality. It's more an, an attitude, like mm. uh, not quite rare. It's so hard because we have words and their meaning is so specific. Yeah. And you try and find the um, equivalent word here, and it doesn't work. I'm trying to think, like a not a thug, not a redneck, uh, a bit of a uncouth, uncouth maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What does bogan mean? Bogan is like uncouth. See, bogan is a very specific meaning. See, in New South Wales, where I'm from, bogan wasn't a big word. We would say, which is, this sounds so elitist, we would have a word at school, oh, you're Westy. And Westy was basically picking on someone who lived out West who had, you know, probably like a lower socioeconomic demographic. So it was pretty awful and elitist, but it was, so that was kind of on par with bogan. But bogan is actually, means something different. Bogan is like... Is it like our version of like white trash type? Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Bogan, yeah. Maybe right. not as extreme as that kind of white trash sentiment, but yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, now I want to say, oh, yeah, drongo. That's another word. That drongo? Drongo. Drongo is kind of old. Drongo is kind of like old school 1950s Australian bogan. That's what it is. <laughs> did you, did you, when you, Christine, when you went to... um. Australia, did you hear old people talk like this? Yes, they did. <laughs> I don't know where that accent comes from. I don't know, but it's, it's quite, because it draws you in, actually. And it doesn't matter where people come from, because Australia's quite multicultural too, whether yes. they were born in England or India or China. Everyone, once they hit 80, <laughs> they end up talking like that, and I don't know why. <laughs> they do. <laughs> what I'm, I'm curious to, to find out, what do you not love about America? What do you, uh, uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to use the word hate because that's a pretty strong word. Well, there's something very, very obvious Yes. that I that I don't know, the current uh, political uh, situation. Oh, what, could, what could that be? Uh, someone who might be in control of things at the moment that I dare not say. Dare not speak to, no, thy I don't name. want to get death threats <laughs> or wake up with like a rat in my bed. But um, that I'm not particularly keen on. Those that follow that, I'm not particularly keen on. Um, oh, just a, just this conservatism, Australian, uh, the whole religious thing is not really my thing either. Yeah. Uh, but look, I'm all for religion, people feeling a sense of belonging, but it's gotten to, it's gotten it's so quite, it's quite hateful and yeah. hateful. And that's, that's not, not that I'm a Christian, but that's not what Christianity is about. It's about no, embracing it's not. and it's, loving everybody. It's about being like Christ-like. Yeah, that's correct. So I dislike all of that kind of right-wing nutjob-ism. I mean, it really has become an ism, the nutjob whole thing, that whole thing. Um, uh, that I don't like. I don't like the the poverty. It's like, particularly California, That's yeah. where it's, it's very visible. You have such a division of, of, of wealth and the, the distribution of, of money, the wealthy and the, the people that are absolutely destitute and have absolutely nothing. And I think this is so unnecessary. There's so much wealth here. Why isn't it being distributed equally? Uh, the homelessness, you never get conditioned to seeing that. You're never immune. You never, you no. never, it's like every time I walk past someone, I feel what can I do beyond giving them $5 that's on a good week yeah. or giving, offering them something to eat? I feel, kind of feel useless. Like what, what, what can I actually do to make a tangible difference in this person's life? And I, I don't know what, I'm at a loss. So I find I hate, I hate that sense of feeling useless and not being able to contribute and help. And so that gets me very upset, the poverty. People work so incredibly hard here. I mean, we really are, like as a comic, I was really quite spoilt, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't know what it's like in other industries, but what I can what I can observe as an outsider is people work incredibly hard. You know, it's a, the whole dire situation with healthcare, trying to be eligible for healthcare. Uh, if you're low income, you can have you can get Medi-Cal, but if you earn a dollar over their threshold, then you're paying five hundred or six hundred dollars a month yes. for, for basic health insurance. So the health insurance we have, you know, universal. Uh, healthcare and in Australia, we're, we're very, very lucky to have that in place. So that's another thing that irks me. Um, and yeah, people having to work three, two, three, four jobs to, to pay rent or to survive or pay for minimum wage to earn, you know, seven or eight dollars an hour. It's just ridiculous. And that disparity that you were talking disparity, about. Disparity, that's the word. Yeah, that was um, something that when my, when my wife was here, she noticed, she was like, it really... It oh, really yeah. hit her hard and it mm. took her back to see so many um, home, you know, just driving somewhere. We'd be driving somewhere and she'd be like, what, what is that? What, you know, why is that person just on the, on the side of the road there? Mm-hmm. He needs nowhere to go. It really impacted her because she's, she's never seen that. No. You don't, there's not, it would well, it be know, in Sydney, there would probably, because just the, the population, maybe there'd be a little bit Yeah, a, a you know, and it's getting worse. It's getting mm-hmm. worse. I did a gig a couple of years ago in the city and um, downtown, as you'd call it here. And yeah, I was quite shocked by the number of homeless people because rent is just so ridiculous. And I guess with the, our current government, you know, services are being cut, social services and welfare, which is not unlike what's happening here. So you're seeing more desperate people living in their cars or living on the street, certainly not to the extent of what it is here. Like I remember getting, it was another preconception I had. I thought, I thought like Beverly Hills, 90210, I would get off the plane and then I would see Brenda and Brandon and palm trees and it'll all be beautiful. And it was like, oh my God, it's like a developing nation <laughs> shit. I literally thought, oh my God, this is a developing nation. Where am I? And it's vast, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. huge. People don't realise how big Los Angeles yeah, is. It's I mean, so expansive and it's like, it changes. I remember I was staying with a friend who was living in a studio uh, with his partner. And so there were three of us in this little studio in Beverly Hills. And I, so that was quite a nice little area. And I went for a little bit of a walk on Wilshire and it was really nice. And then all of a sudden it changed. And it, was, it was dark. I was like, what happened? This is still considered Beverly Hills. The border hasn't changed yet. And yes, yeah, so from, from, from mile to mile, the, it, it, the demographic's not the right word, but it just, it just changes. Yeah. It, the, the, the energy changes. Mm. Well, and there's so many people. Mm, mm. I think like, it's either Los Angeles or Southern California in general. The population is as much as the entire country of yeah, Australia. Yeah, right. well, I mean, we have what I think like twenty three or twenty four million now. We got that in the valley. Got, got that, got <laughs> we got that, that in the San Fernando Valley. We got that at Ralph's car park. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I what I love is that you have that. Um, that blend and that comparison, and do you you bring this out on your in your comedy acts oh, as well? It's don't all you? about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk I talk about being like a fish out of water here because it culturally it is. Well, we kind of all look the same, but it's it's different. It's a different. Our psyches are different. It's just uh, you know when I first started doing stand up here, I, also the our vernacular, the way we speak, our inflections. Yes. It's like sometimes it feels like a different language. I remember saying. Um, to a gentleman who was manding like a parking lot. Of course, I didn't know from parking lot. I was like, oh, I can't find my car in the car park. And the he gave park. me such a look like I was the stupidest person on earth, which I probably was. Yeah. So 
Sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> well, I was just talking about are you bringing this to your act. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I talk about every li- every little experience that I have. Sometimes I subject myself to really horrible experiences, so I've got things to talk about. I talk a- I mean, I talk a lot about acting because that's that's my world and you know, I talk about auditions and whether that it's whether it's appealing to the broader audience. It is here because the broader audience are all in the industry. They get it. And then I take that material home and I'm thinking, am I like alienating like everyone in the audience? There's probably one other actor in the audience if I'm lucky. Uh, But they tend to get it. I think that universal experience of being rejected, everyone can relate to that. Well, and and everybody knows the – I mean, even if you're – even if you're thousands of miles away, mm. you un- kind of understand the whole Los Angeles. It's the it's the mega, you know, uh, uh, metropolis of, of you know, uh, comics, uh, music, the entertainment industry mm. in general, television, mm. movies. It's all right yeah, it's here. A, it's a it's a cultural hub, and everyone wants to be here. I'm part of a group um, on Facebook called Australians in LA. Oh really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you should sign up. It's great. It's mostly a resource. I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a roommate. Does anyone want to buy my car that doesn't work anymore? Or oh, what's a big one? Do you know how I can get a job on a travel visa? Like it's all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Does but anybody know where I can get Tim Tams? Yeah, th- that's a big one. <laughs> oh yeah. Or, or sometimes there's like alerts like Tim Tams are at the 99 cent <laughs> store in Burbank. There literally is. There there was something on the other day about Tim Tams at Target in, I don't know, Sepulveda or wherever it is. So I still can't say Sepulveda. Is that how you say it? Sepulveda. Oh, I said it right. Yeah. Wow. wow. I'm good. learning the language. It's great. Or you could say Sepulveda. Sepulveda. No. No, <laughs> no, that would be cultural appropriation. You can't you know, say I'm, anything anymore. I'm on a, on a Facebook group of, uh, well, it's Americans in Australia. I figured I might as well, you know, put uh-huh, that out there sure. as well, right? Um, so they're there, and their uh, comments are, uh, yeah, related to food, little weird food items and things that they apparently can't get there in Australia. And the huge thing is, yeah, is the is the visa and. This double taxation thing. It's so much fun. Do you Christine. have that? Do you have that being Australian? Do you have to do the... I ha- there's a reciprocal thing, yeah. You, the worst thing Ugh. for me now is back in Australia. So when I go home, because I'm considering giving away all my uh, tax information, I'll give my social security <laughs> number and my PIN number over the, over the, over the microphone too. Um, the big thing for me is because I spend most of my time here... I'm no longer considered an Australian resident for tax purposes. So all the all the perks of not earning a lot of money, we no longer have. This is so boring. I sound now. I sound like a no. It's interesting great. to me. Um, <laughs> it's interesting to you. Maybe not the people listening. But anyway, there's no tax-free threshold, and you have to pay a really, really high. You're punished for living abroad, basically. So you have to pay an exorbitant amount in tax. Um, a very high rate, regardless of what you're earning. So if I go home and earn $100, I still have to pay more than a third of it in tax. Whereas if I was an Australian for resident for tax purposes, sorry, I'm losing interest in this. <laughs> I'm boring myself. I think I'll, I'll, I'll end the yeah, subject But, but you get taxed if being... You're still an Australian citizen. Yes, yes. And you're in. You're here on a work visa. No, I got a green card. You got a green card. I didn't card? even have to marry anywhere. Anything I got one. Wow. Yeah, I was very lucky. You slipped right in there. No, I worked. Re- well, you know, with the thing, the thing with the green card and the the O one, the alien of exceptional ability. Because I was on the alien of exceptional ability visa. That means you're special. 
It, yeah, it means I'm an <laughs> alien and I don't know what I'm exceptional at, at being an alien, I don't know. So, but it's almost like fame by association. So for the green card, you had to qualify for a certain amount, nine out of 12 categories. So say editorial in a newspaper. So it's not about what they wrote about me. They could say Jackie is stupid fool, but it's about the circulation of the newspaper. So I was meant, they said Jackie is a fool in the Sydney Morning Herald, which has a distribution of 24 million people. So that's what the focus is in, not not what they say about me. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. So so you but whatever so whatever money you make in the US, of course the US will tax you. Yes, right? but I don't get taxed in Australia. I don't unless once I hit I think a certain income level, then they might start dipping their greedy paws into it. But at the moment they See, don't because the US has this lovely thing that they'll tax you no matter what unless you uh are dead. Yeah. And even then they'll find a tax. Or you it. or you uh what is it when you denounce your uh, citizenship when you Yes. Yeah. 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 No, they the long arm of the oh, IRS. Is, yeah. We love the IRS, don't we? Yes, oh, we do. Lovely people. They are good people. <laughs> I dare not say anything derogatory about the, your leader or about the IRS or about anyone. So, so we have guns here. We yes, don't we have oh, guns that's... in Australia. Like you know, in Australia, I've... that's a big issue that Australians have with us. Yeah, I'm a pretty kind of passive Zen kind of person. But get me in the car, and I'm all over the horn, and I'm swearing, and right. I'm losing my shit, losing right. my call. Whereas here, I have to show some restraint because I'm like, if I blow the horn at someone, someone could reach into their glove box and shoot my head off. <laughs> so I've had to exercise a little bit of decorum when I drive now. Hey, Out of the Boxers, we'll return to this program in just a few seconds, I promise, but I wanted to tell you about something that I am so excited about. It's my very own personal development program, and it's called Accelerate Your Dreams. If you want to start your own business, write a book, create healthy and happy relationships, or simply lose weight, our goal is to get you there. You can find out more by visiting AccelerateYourDreams.com. That's AccelerateYourDreams.com. Check it out. And now back to the program. Mm. It's uh, that was the thing when I was the last time that I was in Australia, I had asked, like, you know, what are your what's your perception of Americans? You know, I was asking just everyday average Aussies Mm -hmm. uh, what their perception was. And the the number one thing. Well, first of all, they were like. How could you? And they're pointing, and I'm like me. No, because you, Kristen, you are personally responsible. Yeah. How could how could you um, elect a person like that into high office? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, are you are you talking to me? I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second top the the thing was like they were like they're afraid to come here because they think that they're going to meet their ultimate demise by the end of you know from a gun. That this just because that's all they see Which is just is- violence. Which is in the realms is, of possibilities, Well, sadly. yeah, because you, you turn on the news and there's somebody, you know, yeah. in a Costco or, you know. I think it's like we, it's, we're kind of this incredulous thing of like, okay, we've had a massacre here. There's been another massacre. There's this, this, this. Why is there no action taken on, on gun control? I think we're just gobsmacked by the um, complacency about it and australia does they had um we had a, quite a horrible strict, uh, gun control yeah, right we had a, a mass a horrible massacre back in 97 and we had quite a conservative prime minister in at the time he was quite liked people like me didn't necessarily like him he wasn't great in terms of social issues but he was oh, good it's all about the economy you know like a strong economy but then cutting services so the reason the strong they've got the strong economy is because they're, no, they're, they're not spending any money that's why <laughs> right so he was 
uh, he banned guns. So that was one really, really proactive, positive thing that he did. And it only, it only took one massacre, you know, whereas here it's massacre after massacre, after shooting, after shooting, yeah. schools, uh, churches, synagogues. It's endless. And, well, and, and weapons nothing. is a big industry here, well, not yeah. just for, not just handguns and things like that, and, but also military as well. But also the mentality of, well, you know, he's got a gun, so how am I going to protect myself if he comes at me? What am I going to do? You know, so everyone's, that, that terrible mentality of that we need something to protect ourselves. Do a kickboxing class. <laughs> I always say get a, a can of hairspray and a lighter. That'll you get a flamethrower. You're yeah. good. You're good. <laughs> um, something, well, and something very, uh, and I was very grateful for, was it a year ago, year and a half ago, around the time? Um, same-sex marriage was finally made uh, legal yeah. in your homeland. Yeah, of but, Australia. Yeah, but they had to do like that horrible, reform, reform, I have my partner in Australia too, and she was telling me, uh, it was like a week before the vote, the, 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 when they were going to make the, the decision, and she went to the post office and she looked up in the sky and the first thing she saw on her, the start of a day was vote no. So it, all those horrible homophobic assholes, I can say assholes, Go right ahead. came out of the woodwork. It's a bit like Facebook, you know, like yes. people that perhaps were didn't have an opinion before. It's like I don't want to know your opinion. You got to you found out who hated you basically. Yeah. So in that respect it wasn't such a positive thing, but the outcome was very positive. Well, we were we were very nervous about obviously cuz um you know having your whole future Decided upon together. the general public. The general, the general public. public. We don't necessarily and, have a lot of faith. And in it was. And here's here's what it was too. It was a it was a a, a postal vote. It was mm-hmm. a vote. So they sent out, um, you know, all these uh, what letters, I guess, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, letters in the post, and um, and it wasn't so much like it. They didn't say like, do you think that same sex couples have the right to marry? No. The question was framed in, do you agree in changing the definition of marriage? And I'm thinking of all those 85-year-old nanas yeah. uh, and, uh, looking at this and going, they want to they take away our they marriage. Wanna, they want to kill my husband. They want to kill you. They want to take me away to a nursing home and then they're going to kill my husband and then going to sodomize him in jail. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so the fact that it passed, I mean, we were just, uh, we were listening to the whole, when it was coming down and the vote, the final thing, we were so nervous because I was like. Oh, it was horrible. It was terrible. And, then the, and there's the, a lot of blokes. There's yeah, a lot of yeah, blokes. Yeah, yeah. And the level of anxiety within our community at that time, leaving our, our <laughs> destiny in the hands of, of strangers. And, and thankfully, there is that inertia, though, with Australians where they couldn't be bothered going to the letterbox and putting the thing in. So a lot of people oh, that were probably against it, a awesome. lot of the. A lot of the blokes and the rednecks and the the senior citizens who probably couldn't be bothered going to the letterbox. So that eliminated probably a, a large percentage of people that could have potentially voted no. And then you had the uh, the LGBTQI, et cetera, et cetera, community being really, really proactive, really, really visible, um, encouraging their family and friends and allies to to vote. So... I think it was through our community um, being really proactive and encouraging people to vote yes, also because their friends and allies wanted to vote yes, and people being lazy and not going to letterbox. What I did get upset about, and the media is a little bit naughty, you know, um, I was watching, um, it was actually the ABC, and we just got the yes vote, which was wonderful, and they went out to um, uh, the western suburbs of Sydney where it's very, very high, migrant community very very multi very very multicultural 
and a lot of them are not born in Australia. I'm only first generation. I mean, my, my parents, my mother was family, all refugees from Europe. And my mm-hmm. um, so I'm only a first generation. So anyway, uh, they went out west and they said, how did you vote? And they said, I voted no, I voted no. Why did you vote no? Because of my religion, blah, 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 blah. And that made me a little bit upset because I thought, I think about the LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, community. And I think that we're always um, supporting the underdog, always yeah, you know, we're always vocal. The plight of you know immigrants, ev- everything. You know, we're, we kind of refugees, humanitarians. We're humanitarians. We are unicorns. It. Well, because we've copped it, we know what it's like. Oh, we've and had, we've been on the side of, we've been been hit before. Exactly. So I was a little bit disappointed in that regard, but I think that was also a, a strategic ploy by the media to infuriate people yeah. as well. You yeah. know, yeah. So I can't be angry at them, and I just think. You know, we've all got to be, every minority's got to rally around one another and we've all got to be one another's allies. You know, the um, the folks that I wasn't too happy about and, and, and it doesn't matter if they're in Australia or anywhere in the, in the world at this point because uh, the Catholic Church, uh, I'd like to have a little talking to. Oh, lovely because, people. Because, <laughs> because leading up to and literally like just as people have the these these uh, papers in their home mm. leading up to it, they had, they launched a campaign that was so vile mm-hmm. um, equating. If you let same sex couples marry, then you are, and get this, this is the Catholic church uh-huh. saying that you are going to get child abuse. You're going to get child sexual mm. abuse. Mm. <laughs> let me say that again. The Catholic Church was saying that gay people getting married was going to mean that children were going to be sexually abused. Because there's such high pillars of the community. I, I know the, the hypocrisy is disgraceful. I mean, it was, it was a really hateful um, anti-gay marriage, anti-same-sex marriage campaign. It was so vile it really, and hurtful, horrible. And that's what, and what, what's interesting to me, and this is a, a fascination, I think, with human beings, is that when, when those type of things come up, Okay, here's a vote for something that's good. It's love. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're celebrating love. Mm-hmm. People getting married and 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 taking care of each other. That's a good thing, right? But then it brings out those those, you know, the the hate, the anger, the something that they can push their venom on. Yeah, that what happened there with same sex marriage in Australia, is I think what happens here in America now with Im- our political system yep, and yep. and because your scapegoats are those those the immigrants yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. immigrants that are coming i mean was 60,000 children have mm. been rounded Separated, up yeah from that family. i mean Horrible. i can't imagine 60,000 of anything 60,000 mm-hmm. fish mm-hmm. you know on the on, on the shore i can't imagine that so i think that it brings out the worst in people and that's i think yeah. so it's also not evolving you know a uh, hundred years ago, perhaps um, we couldn't do. I can't even think of an example. But it's society. We're evolving as human beings, as 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 inhibitors of of Earth, you know. And I think people feel threatened. They're going to they, by allowing this to happen, then something's going to be taken away from them, or you know, we Bingo. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be we used as a scapegoat. Or if they like that, like we said before, if if we allow that to happen, the same sex marriage thing to happen, then my husband's going to go to jail and he's going to be beheaded and sodomized. And the whole the whole child molestation thing. Why there is why there is any association with a same sex loving couple. And equating that with uh, uh, child molestation is 
beyond me. I don't know where that association comes from. Well, it's just another. It's false, obviously, it's just another way to um, perpetuate hate. To perpetuate hate, yeah, and it's yeah. and it's fear mongering as well. Um, you had mentioned your your partner. Yes. Your partner's in Australia? Yes, she's in Australia, and that's I have the same thing so as you. So you have a long distance? I have a long distance thing, too. You know it's gone oh, to the point. Well, wow. I, well, I go home twice kind of like year. twins. That's right. We've got the same hair. <laughs> um, so... I go home. Uh, I go home twice a year, and she usually comes here once a year. And then it's gotten to the point where wow. we FaceTime every day. Yeah. But we'll FaceTime, and we're not even talking. Like she'll she'll be checking her <laughs> emails, and I'll be fiddling with something or watching. Well, something. the time difference. Sucks. Well, the time difference is bad now because I was how. It's, I always say we're seven hours ahead yesterday, so that's ridiculous, but that just makes sense in my mind. The time dis- difference isn't great. Now, when we're not on daylight savings, yeah. it's a bit better. It's oh, no, five I, hours. I, I look forward to that like yes. it's Christmas. Yes. Like, oh, I get an hour, and then yeah. and then you guys have – then you have your daylight savings, get another hour. Yeah, it's But hard right now, now, it's the hardest. It's yeah. hard because it's more – it's more it's the seven hours difference, not seven hours. What's 24 minus seven? It's like 18 hours. Six, 16 hours? <laughs> it's, 16 hours, something. It basically right now – now it's tomorrow. It's actually 56 really years a, time difference. That's yes, what it is. It's what it feels like. <laughs> um, my, my wife and I, uh, we do the WhatsApp. Wait, you say you FaceTime or do you? or you? We FaceTime and we will literally not talk and she'll be cooking and I can't, she's banging pots and pans around. I can't even hear what she's saying and she's talking and I'll be checking emails. Like I have my phone sitting on my computer, so I'll be scrolling through Facebook or checking emails and not really even talking. But just so that they're, but they're there. But it's nice though. We, I still feel the connection. I'll, I'll, because, because of the time difference, it's, you know, if it's one, and I'm a, I'm a late night kind of person. I can stay up pretty late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after a certain time, you know, I'm like, I, I gotta go to sleep and she's still, she hasn't even started dinner yet. No, right. No. So, um, sometimes we'll just leave the phone on and I'll just say, please just sleep with me, you know, Aww, and we'll sleep. That's we'll so s- nice and yeah. You're so new, aren't you? How many yes. years have you been together? <laughs> <laughs> Two years. We've been married over a year. Oh, so. that's lovely. That's yeah. not, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's nice. It's something to work towards. I, I love hearing the stories. Where did you guys meet? We actually met at university. We we're both studying um, acting, and she was a couple of years above me. And then I was, of course, still heterosexual then. I still am. No, no. <laughs> um, so, what happened then? Oh, and then I started doing comedy, and she started doing a little bit of comedy. We kind of reconnected, and I knew that she did a little bit of uh, um, teaching and stuff. I thought, hey, do you want to get together and write a show, like a theatre and education piece that we can tour and blah, 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 blah. I had all these big dreams of travelling regional Australia with this play that we'd written. Uh, we wrote some really, really crappy play, and then we applied for funding, and then we didn't get the funding, but we got one another. So that's what basically happened. Yeah. Uh, and how long ago was that? That was... November will be 23 years. <gasps> 20, oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Wasn't it 21 years? I think they're 23 years. In November will be 23 years. Oh, how beautiful. We've had a couple of years that I've been here that we haven't been together for our anniversary that we've both forgotten. <laughs> but that can happen. <laughs> it's a long time to be together. Gosh. Well, do you did uh, so did did you get married when the same-sex marriage thing came? Nah. Where you said You said, we're good. We pretty much said we're good and <laughs> we don't really... It just sounds awful. Like we really we love each other and everything, but we just don't want it. It's just yeah. we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. Well, and you're both you you both are citizens of the same country, we're so you don't have that. I think once perhaps we live in the same 
country, I, I will probably move back eventually when I run out of money or when I get <laughs> shot, either one. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully run out. No, I don't want to say hopefully run out of money. I should be positive. I should be, put a positive spin on it. When when I've decided that I've got my investment properties here and my my several films and TV series yes. are happening here and I decide, oh, I'm going to kick back in Australia for a while, yes. that's what I should be putting out to the universe. Yes. I'm always such a misery guts and say the, the most negative things. Do you say, you don't say misery guts here, do you? No. No. <laughs> Misery Gowner. Debbie Downer? Debbie Downer? Yeah, Debbie, no, Debbie Downer. Downer. Don't be a Debbie yeah, Downer. Debbie Downer, yeah. So, and you know what? When I put a positive spin, when I was just play acting, that actually felt quite Didn't good. Didn't you feel better? I felt better. I think, I think it, my posture even changed. You did, oh, you did, I think you did a piece on, I think it was on Facebook, you posted something where it was one of those, um, it was it was either like an inspirational thing or, you know, come take my class. Um, oh, I'll yeah, yeah, stop. yeah. That was so funny because, well, because my other, one of the things that I do is I'm, I'm putting together motivational, transformational well, projects. absolutely important and I don't want to. No, I but it was wanna, so funny. But there's a lot of people, it's like, who are these people for starters? <laughs> what are their credentials? A lot of the time it's just actors who are thinking, oh, I've got no fucking money, what can I do? I'll be a motivational coach. I, I know that fact that, that people do that. Like I could, people like me, like in between jobs, what can, can I totally do? You totally be a motivational coach. Oh, I don't think I'd be very good at it. It's like, yes, you need to do this, this, this. And if this doesn't work, then give up. That's enough. <laughs> but keep paying me. But keep paying me. There's so many of them now on Instagram, these, you know, the influencers and motivational coaches. And a lot of the time, and then I've actually got a podcast that I stopped doing because I lost interest in it. It was a piss take. Another thing you don't really say here. Like a parody of the TED Talks. It's called Tedious Talks. I spell it with a big T-E-D <laughs> with a small I-O-U-S. And the whole thing was just it, a lot of these these talks. And I listen to podcasts when I'm at the gym. And they're just talking in circles, talking about the same thing, just articulated in a slightly different way. And at the end of the 30-minute podcast, I have absolutely no idea what they were talking about other than maybe a vision board and mindfulness and, and wellness. And, and so I find a lot of these motivational speakers uh, that I see on social media, it's the same kind of thing. It's just talking in circles about nothing. Nothing. I had to play, um, I did a sketch with a friend a couple of years ago, Brene Brown, and I didn't know who she was. And I did. I watched her TED Talk and she talks a lot about guilt and shame. And then I, I think she's great. I think she's a vulnerability. I love, she's got a yeah. lot of important things to say. Yeah. And I watched a Netflix special and I, it was great. I probably cried once. I don't know. But she probably could have condensed that hour into three minutes. <laughs> Be vulnerable. That's it's right. good. That's right. So there's a lot of, and it's this new industry. Like then, those jobs weren't around. I mean, you had Tony Robbins, but prior to Tony Robbins, they're really they're probably well, more people like Billy Graham and those religious figures. Yes. Well, it, there's an expansion. There's um there's a there's a wonderful thing happening, and especially with women mm -hmm. that that I've noticed in the last mm, three to four years, is they are, they're leaving the jobs that they hate. The, uh, if they're underpaid or you know unemployed, they're starting their own business, mm. and sort of the low hanging fruit mm -hmm. has been you know m motivation, inspiration, keeping people accountable, things like that. What am I actually selling? I don't have a pro. These people that are, have uh, entrepreneurs I don't actually have a product. It's like startup. It's not a startup. You have an idea. That's what you have. I have yes. startups every single day. <laughs> I have about twenty startups a day. I think I make a sandwich. Startup. I think I put the kettle on. Startup. <laughs> What is a startup? 
What is an entrepreneur if you don't actually have something to sell? Yeah, yes. Entrepreneur because what you want to tell me about mindfulness? No, thank you. I'll keep my $700. <laughs> but it is at, at least there is a, um, an experience that's happening right now where people are at least trying to be, trying to start their own business. That's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It is good. It's good that people are being proactive. And they're starting to write books. Have you written a book yet? No, I've written some Facebook posts. Oh, Jackie. I'm not interested in you writing You know what? As spelling, your motivational coach, no, I'm going to tell you right now. My spelling you, is not very good. No, I you write, don't need to spell. Write, you could write a book. I express myself in other ways. You know, I, I must say that I'm a screenwriter. I've written, I've just, I've been working on a pilot for five years. And the genesis of it, no, that's, so I've actually written quite a few pilots. So I, my, my big goal, my dream for the Americas while I'm here is to be on, be on the show that I write, be the, the star. Maybe I can direct a couple of episodes, maybe do some of the catering, maybe do some of the wardrobe. No, I'm absolutely not interested in doing the wardrobe, but in being a showrunner of my own show, that's my dream. So the way, other than through stand-up and Facebook posts, the way that I express myself is through being a screenwriter. A book is not, I don't even know how to format a book. It's, I, I was trying to, you know, friend was, uh, how to no, but I don't know book. how to spell or use grammar. It's like at least with, um, I know you've got spell check. You should no, have been, I, I was, some I of the best it. grammar. No, no, no. I, I really truly can't spell. I think if I wrote a book, it would be written by Jackie Loeb with spell check by <laughs> such and such. I'd have to give the uh, proof, the spell checker a credit in there. So what is this? Uh, well, you can, are you, are you able to talk about your pilot a little bit? You know, it's. I remember uh, I was doing in a writers group, and I was right that one of the pieces I've written, uh, the characters a pharmacist. And it's kind of very scientific and whiz bang, and it's like I remember saying to a girl in my group, saying, "It's so interesting. I'm not talking about myself. It's something com completely different industry." And she said, "No, that's you. It's just a different industry." And I reread my script. And I went, "Yes, this is absolutely me. Everything I write, there's a there's an element of me." Um, so the piece I'm right, I've just finished writing at the moment. I've registered with it, the, w, the Writers Guild, whatever, so I should be fine. Um, instead of a comic, she's a musician. She's a musician. And, um, what happened was I had this idea for a show back in, I think like 2003, where every episode would open with this woman trying to kill herself unsuccessfully. <laughs> so she's kind of a like half-assed lame attack. She was kind of suicidal, but she wasn't. She couldn't be bothered, didn't do it properly. And I actually had the opportunity <laughs> to pitch it in Australia to one of the networks. And I just pitched it and I said the word suicide. And she was like, I don't know how we do this legally. And that was that. And then I pitched it again and I kind of changed it a little bit. And the guy at this particular network said, oh, we've already got something of this tone. I'm thinking, but this is me. Not that I'm suicidal. Not yet anyway, but not for the moment. So he was like, no, we've already got something. So I thought, okay. And so I, I tried to dig a little bit deeper and, and got going to writer's group. This is another thing I would miss so much about LA is having, you know, bouncing ideas off with other exactly. writers. And, right. you know, I've gone to three writer's groups since I've been here and they're all phenomenal. And, you know, they're obviously not writing a piece for you, but you you read it and you, or you get other actors you get to feedback. act it out. And you get feedback and you make the changes and you present it again. And they're like, no, that's not right. And you make another change. No, that's not right. And hence it taking five years to feel pretty solid and happy with what I've written. Um, so 
so yeah, it's basically about Australian woman who kind of makes it semi big. <laughs> Really is me, but I made her a musician. And it's a semi big yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah. Semi big. It's big in Australia. And then she she meets a, a gentleman who's also from America, and she moves to America with all the promises that her career is going to skyrocket and blah 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 blah. And then that doesn't happen. And then she becomes a misery guts. And so it's kind of all about her trying to reconnect with the person that she was and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot more to it. It sounds that's a really bad pitch. Imagine if I had the opportunity. Like, what do they call oh, yeah, it? Nobody's they, listening. They call it an elevated pitch. So, Jackie, tell us, tell us, you've got this opportunity. We're looking for a show. Tell us, you know, 30 seconds what your show is about and go. Um, <laughs> It's about, well, it's not me, but she killed us. No, she didn't kill herself. And then the woman, no. And then she was, she met, she's in Australia and then she met this guy and she comes there and she, yeah. So, yeah. That's you want to make pitch. it? That's the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know anyone in Australia that talks like that, by the way. Well, mm. you, and you had mentioned uh, in this that she is a musician. You also dabble in the oh, uh, musical I'm things, more don't than you? Dabble, my friend. Um, yes, I play. I've been playing guitar since I was a child. I play a bit of piano. I used to I play drums. I never got really, really good at the drums because I didn't. Pl- I used to play along to the radio in my room, mm-hmm. and I never. I played in a band in my early twenties, and then I had an opportunity to the comedy thing and to do a bit of television work. And so that kind of went by the wayside. But now I love my music. I think if I had the choice to, with actor, singer, comedian, I think I would want to be fronting a band, have a, have a band yeah. in front of a band. Yeah, I think that would be really cool, which and I've done. It wasn't cool at the time, but in my fantasy, my mind is cool. But actually doing it wasn't cool at all. Well, what's what's beautiful is that the the – the songs that you write that I've seen on mm. like on on Facebook and things like that, they're um, they're extremely funny. Uh, they're 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 beautifully done. Um, it I'm like amazed that you have that ability to r- write those kind of you know write, write humorous lyrics and also perform so well on on your on the guitar. And I've seen you on the keyboards as well. Yeah, did you hear the new one? No, it's not. Finally me, I can finally be free. My heart's filled with glee because I'm pre-diabetic. It's not quite diabetic, almost diabetic. And that was based on a visit to the doctor a couple of weeks ago who told me I was pre-diabetic. So, yeah, because when you, as a songwriter, a lot of the subject matters and themes are already taken, like relationships, love, children, animals, pets. But diabetes? Di- diabetes, no, no, not so much. No. <laughs> so you're re- I'm really digging at the bottom of the barrel for subject matter for songs. But that's what stands out. That's, that's what that's I want to sing about. That's don't I want to so sing about love and yeah. relationships? I don't want to sing about that. Um, I want to sing about my my personal truths and that's it and that's the way it lies actually it wasn't such a nice uh experience hearing that because diabetes is rampant in my family and i'm addicted to sugar and i'm not chocolate anyway i'm thinking what am i going to do it's it's like so for two weeks i haven't had sugar i haven't had chocolate except for last sunday when i went ballistic and crazy and had a really big binge but that doesn't count because it's sunday and uh (laughs) so it's like I, i think the songwriting component was Process as a, a way of processing it because it actually is quite traumatic. It's like, how do I not eat chocolate? How do I not watch the reboot of Dynasty every night without having my raisinettes? And that's like, what do I do? <laughs> so, so I had to write a song about it. And I've started eating walnuts, but then I was as, instead of raisinettes, but walnuts are high in fat and full of calories. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can have a cup of 
big cup of raisinets, and that's like 600 calories, where the walnuts are like 1,200 calories. So what do, I, what do you do? It's confusing. I, I, I don't know. I would probably want to dip the walnuts in chocolate. Or just not watch Dynasty Reboot. <laughs> What's Dynasty Reboot? Oh, my God. It is so good. It's really camp. One thing I have to say in the reboot of Dynasty's defense is that the female characters get top billing, which is great. So when mm-hmm. you see the opening credits, it's, I can't think of her name, Elise Gillies. She's fantastic. She kind of holds the show together. She's great. She plays Fallon. Did you watch the original Dynasty? I watched the original one, yeah. Do you say Dynasty or Dynasty? Dynasty. Well, we said Dynasty there. Anyway, um, so you have her and then you have another, you have the woman from Desperate Housewives who's in it, like the blonde blonde bombshell. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. can't think of her name. She's in it. And then Sammy Joe, who was originally played by... Oh, she used to be in everything. She's, she was in every Heather, Heather well, not Heather Lockley. Heather Lockley. Yeah, she Heather played Lockley. Is now um, a Latino gay man, which is really nice. And then the Colbys are played by two African-American um, actors playing siblings. So it's really embraced diversity. There's not a lot of old people or ugly people, though. No. So they've uh, they've they've embraced diversity in terms of um, uh, a lot a number of Latino actors, African American actors, female leads. No fat people. <laughs> no fat and old people. There truly is not one fat. Even well, the, it is dynasty. Even, well, even when you see the, the background actors, the kitchen staff, no one's fat and no one's unattractive. <laughs> But yeah, that's so it's it's very camp and over the top and there's flaws in the storyline. Like I was Googling how was Blake Carrington that child's grandfather and I was Googling and researching and he wasn't. But they said he was the grandfather, so I just took You his actually word for Googled it. it? Oh yeah, yeah. I stop it takes me three hours to watch anything because I have to I stop thinking, Who's that? And I get on IMDB and thinking Oh, what's he done before? That's not his original face, or stuff like that. Yeah. Oh my God! The uh, I haven't. I don't watch that much television. The only thing I had uh, I got addicted to was Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and I started to watch. Oh, and I started to watch uh, Lorena. I don't know Lorena. Who's she? It's the Lorena Bobbitt story. Oh, Lorena, I haven't watched that yet. <sighs> but I know what happens. No, 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 no. You don't oh. know what happens. Oh, watch it. So all I know, he got his dicky bird chopped off and then he became a porn star and I don't know what happened to her. Oh, well, this is the thing. You find out what happened to her. Oh, but that means I can't watch Dynasty. <laughs> you got room for both. <laughs> little Dynasty, little little Lorena Bobbitt. Right. Uh, Jackie Loeb has been my guest. Thank you so very much. Where am I going? What am I going to do now? <laughs> well, what we, we only have We only have an hour and we're, we're uh, oh. at the end of this of this program. But I hope I've imparted some wisdom. I hope I've been fine. I've talked a lot about negative things, but I have a tendency to do the comics no, no, do that. That's been, our default. That's our go-to. You've, it's been fantastic because I know that people now, much. they feel like they know you. But so how, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, I'm not telling. Um, <laughs> they can find me on Facebook or they can follow me on Instagram, Jackie Loeb Comedian Woman, which is a bit of a par- Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, <laughs> Jackie Loeb Comedian Woman. On Instagram and on Facebook, they can spell it's Jackie Loeb and it's spelled J A C K I E, and Loeb is L O E B. That's right. So thank you so very oh, much. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving me something lovely to do on a whatever afternoon it is. I've lost track. No problem. It, would you come back again too? When you it's got, got some uh, stuff going on. That's here? an enormous amount of pressure that I have to have stuff. But I'm not good enough just to come when I'm unemployed. Okay, you can Stop. come when you're unemployed. I would love to. I would love to be here. Check out Jackie Loeb. Uh, check her out on Instagrams and Facebooks. It's Jackie Loeb. And again, if she's playing, if she's performing anywhere near you, please do see her. If you're listening to this in Australia, see her when she's there. If you're listening to this here in the Americas, 
see her when she's here. I want to thank you, wonderful listeners, for tuning in again this week and remind do, you. Do, 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 can I do some background? Yeah, you can do that. Edit? You can always edit it out. Yeah. yeah. Do. Okay. Just want to thank you so much for tuning in this week. And I want to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast channel on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Also, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and share this program with others. You know you want to share it with your friends. Share this program through YouTube. It's much easier to do on your social media. Until next time, I want to remind you, as always, to think outside of that box. Bye for now.